Hello and welcome to the PCOS Diva podcast. My name is Amy Medling. I'm a certified health coach and I'm the founder of PCOS Diva. And my mission is to help women with PCOS find the tools and knowledge they need to take control of their PCOS so they can regain their fertility, femininity, health, and happiness. This podcast is sponsored by my new book, Healing PCOS, a 21-day plan that takes you step-by-step through healing and thriving with PCOS. It's all in there waiting for you, beginning with the three keys to living your best life as a PCOS diva. For more details, visit HealingPCOS.com. So this podcast is going to be airing right before PCOS Awareness Month, and I just did not want September to go by without drawing some attention to the importance of PCOS awareness and advocacy, and who better to bring on as my podcast guest but Ashley Levinson, who has been a PCOS patient advocate for over 18 years, serving her mission to bring more awareness to PCOS, which affects so many and is so often misunderstood and dismissed. And her advocacy includes online campaigns like Heart for PCOS, which happens in February, and the Lemon Face Challenge, which goes on in early, late spring, early summer. And I participated in both of those um, advocacy campaigns. And Ashley is just, um, she amazes me. And I'm just so grateful to her for all that she does for the PCOS community. And I just wanted to share um, her mission and her message with with um, listeners of the podcast. So you're in for a real treat is we chat with Ashley over the next 30 minutes or so. So welcome, Ashley, to the PCOS Diva podcast. Hi, Amy, and hello, everyone. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, I'm really excited about this um, to talk about advocacy and how people can get involved because uh, that's really an important aspect of um, PCOS and living with PCOS is getting the support, getting the awareness, and getting the outreach that um, all of us really want and need. So I'm so totally excited about doing this with you. So you are a a PCOS diva. You know, you um, live and, you you know, I I see you at at conferences, you know, every year, and we were together at the, the advocacy day. And you know, you're living with PCOS and doing so much for women um, to help, you know, make our lives better and help us to thrive with PCOS. Can you just, you know, share your story and what brought you to this um, place of, of really being a champion for us? Absolutely. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to share my story. Um, I started out, I think, like, many women with PCOS do. Um, I started recognizing that things weren't right with my body and the way my body was responding. Um, I actually was diagnosed at age 13, although at that time I didn't know and the doctors didn't know it was PCOS. Um, I was having irregular menstrual cycles. Um, I was experiencing acne and I'd have uh, 
you know, some hairs popping up on my chin here and there. And I would say, Mom, I, I think something's wrong. Look at these chairs on my, these uh, hairs on my chin. And um, I remember my mom, you know, she would say, oh, my goodness, women get hairs on their chin. Just get the tweezers, pluck it. Um, and we really didn't think much about it until I started missing my menstrual cycle going months on end without having it. And then um, when I had my menstrual cycle, I would almost hemorrhage when I had it. Um, and at that point, my mother said, I, I think we need to investigate this further. Um, so she took me to an OBGYN and we explained what was going on. And um, the response, which so many of us get, especially when you're a teen, uh, is, oh, you know, sometimes girls have a hard time growing into their hormones. It's nothing that you should worry about right now. Basically, uh, he put me on birth control pills and said to me, you know, this, this will help with getting the hormones regulated. Um, and I said, well, is there anything else that I need to do? No, no, no. Just stay on the birth control pill. And I tell you what, when you're ready to get pregnant, come back and see me and we'll talk then. At the time, I, I didn't know how significant that was and how much that was going to impact my life later on. Um, and before I move on with my story, I, I just want to point that out as a keynote um, that girls as young as eight can show, start showing signs of PCOS age 11, um, even show more signs. And then when they first start to menstruate can see irregularities, don't ignore that and, and don't, accept this the simple term that people use oh it's just hormones it's nothing it's being a teenager um, because that's when we really need to pay attention and and get these girls help um, because it's going to prevent a lot of the long-term consequences the earlier you get diagnosed so I did what the doctor said and I uh, stayed on the birth control pills and um, got married and uh, was married for five years. And um, I remember it clearly. It was New Year's Eve, 1999. Mm -hmm. And um, my husband turned to me and said, I think it's time to start a family. And I said, I think that's a fabulous idea. I went off the birth control pills. Uh, within a three-month period, I put on over 100 pounds. Um, and I started noticing symptoms coming back with a vengeance. I had acne. Um, I started getting dark skin rings around my neck, on my knees, on my elbows, and I kept trying to scrub and scrub and scrub, and it wasn't going away. Um, you know, um, just overall, I, I had fatigue. All this stuff was happening, and I said, this, this is so weird. I don't know what's going on. Um, I went to my general practitioner and um, explained to him, and he said, "Oh, honey, it's stress. It's you know you you're probably stress eating and 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 not even realizing you're doing it because you're trying to get pregnant and uh, you know sometimes people put a lot of stress on their bodies and themselves because they're trying to conceive and I think that's what your issue is." Yeah, and, and I just was going to um, just chime in for a second. I, I recently interviewed Dr. Jolene Brighton, and she is the leading expert on the post-pill syndrome. And 
this is very typical of a lot of women with PCOS who come off of the pill and like you are describing your your symptoms come back with a vengeance and you and in the weight gain and the insulin resistance really kicks into gear. Yeah, it was it was it was I, I seriously thought I had some rare disease. I I, I blew up and, and there was no explanation. I didn't change my, my diet. Um, which I, I didn't take in a lot of calories. Um, I uh, was exercising, and up until that point, you know, I, I, I yo-yoed up and down with my weight, but I was never significantly overweight. But so to to go from having it semi under control to all of a sudden, and I hate using this term, but but I think it's the best way to convey how I felt. I felt like I was almost like Quasimodo at the time. <laughs> Um, just because my appearance completely changed. Um, so I went and talked with three or four more doctors because I was unhappy with my original general practitioner's assessment. And I was getting pretty much the same thing. Oh, well, you know, your body's adjusting. You're coming off the pill. You're trying to get pregnant. I'm not getting a menstrual cycle. I'm still gaining weight. I'm still having facial hair. How does that explain me trying to get pregnant? Oh, I, you know, it's just the body adjusting. Give it some time. Um, finally, I went to a fourth doctor. And that's something else that, that I think is a key point. Um, most women who are seeking a diagnosis for PCOS will, on average, see two to three doctors before they get a diagnosis. That needs to change. Um, so I saw this doctor that had just finished his fellowship, and um, I went into his office and I said, you know what, I said, uh, I've seen a couple of doctors, and I figured I'd try something new, so here I am, I'm going to tell you my story, and when you're done, um, please try to control your eyes bugging out and looking at me like I'm crazy, like everyone else does. So I told him my story, and he got bug-eyed, and he's like, give me a minute, and he walked out of the room came back in with a textbook from medical school, opens up the textbook and says, here, right here, read this. There it was, four little letters, P-C-O-S. That's what I think you have. Okay, what does that mean? And he said to me, I'm really not sure. I don't know much about it, but I'm willing to learn with you. Um, he pointed me in the direction of a reproductive endocrinologist, and um, the reproductive endocrinologist said, you have two choices. You can either try to control the PCOS, or you can try to get pregnant. You can't do both. Well, now, in uh, today's world, we know that that is different, and that often when we treat the symptoms of PCOS, a lot of other things will start falling in line. So I went the route of doing um, infertility treatment, and I was fortunate, and I did get pregnant um, with my daughter, um, but it was a very difficult pregnancy. Um, I had gestational diabetes. I, uh, the first three months, I had to take progesterone uh, just to maintain the pregnancy. So it, it was difficult, but we got through it, and she's here, and she's, you know, 17 years old now, so... That was a blessing. Um, after that, I decided I was going to get healthy with PCOS, and um, I saw 
an amazing doctor and at the time really was one of the pioneers, Dr. Catherine Sharif oh. in uh, Philadelphia. Yeah, who wrote the foreword to my book. She's awesome. <laughs> she is just amazing. Um, both her and Dr. Manassian um, started recognizing that women uh, were were showing similar symptoms, and the two of them were really working on women's health conditions and doing research on heart um, issues and started noticing this trend. Um, and they created the first multidisciplinary center for women with PCOS in Philadelphia, so I kind of lucked out with that. Um, and they approached it with uh, medications, uh, lifestyle changes and exercise, and um, I started seeing a change because people were listening to me and um, were, were taking notice to what was going on and giving me the proper resources and tools that I need, um, which is another thing. A lot of time women will go into doctor's office and the first thing that they'll hear is, you have PCOS, lose weight. Okay, great, that's wonderful, I'd love to lose weight, but you have to tell me how and you have to give me the help to do that. Um, so to me, anyone who goes to a doctor who gets that automatic blasé response, doctors are no different than any other service provider. If they're not providing you with what you need, you don't need to stick with them, you don't need to use them research, find people that know what they're talking about, because that's the only way that you're going to get the help that you need. So I started getting my symptoms under control, lost 60 pounds, and um, surprisingly got pregnant again with my son. And the, the, again, the, the key um, point in this is because my body started to become healthy and started responding to proper management, um, things started to fall into place, and um, I was able to get pregnant again. Um, through all of this, I had a really difficult time with understanding things and finding people that knew what PCOS was. Uh, I went on the Internet. I Googled. I looked everywhere. And um, back in 1999 and 2000, there was relatively no information out there, and, and Amy can tell you because she's been around doing this about as long as I have. Um, I did find one organization that um, had support, and I joined them right away. And the more that I talked to people and saw the experiences that um, people were going through, the, the lack of information, the dismissiveness, um, it, it stirred up almost an anger in me. Why should anybody who has an issue be brushed under the rug? Um, and I think that's what spurred my 18 years of advocacy. Um, the fact that I didn't want anyone else to ever go through everything that I went through. It's not necessary. Um, in this day and age, we have enough information and resources available that if we use them, no one woman should be left undiagnosed. And the unfortunate fact is, even 
in 2018, it's estimated up to 70% of women with PCOS are undiagnosed. That needs to change. Um, and the one thing that I did uh, was Dr. Catherine Sharif asked me to um, come on and do a mystery diagnosis with her. And I did a segment on PCOS. And um, from that point on, started getting responses from thousands of women. Oh my gosh, I have these symptoms. I'm experiencing this. Uh, I can't believe someone else is out there describing my life. Um, and I was afraid when I did it. I was over 300 pounds. Um, I still had a lot of the same issues with acne, um, the acanthos nyracans, which are the dark skin patches, the hair on my chin. And honestly, the last thing I wanted to do was to be in front of potentially millions of people showing myself. Um, you know, for me still, I feel like my body has let, my, let me down, like I've let myself down. Sometimes I feel broken. I feel embarrassed. But I realize that sometimes you have to outweigh those fears with the fact that your story has to be told because your story makes a difference. Everything that you do to raise awareness, to get involved, makes a difference. And that's where I am today, here trying to continue to make a difference and encouraging other people to overcome their fears and share their stories because until we do, other people aren't going to understand what it is or what we go through. Yeah, and I think we really resonate. I mean, listening to your story, and I don't think I've heard the whole thing like you just told it. I mean, I heard so much of, of my story and yours, and it, it just really resonated. And, and then what, what I felt, too, is we both have daughters, right? And that's what really led me to do the work that I do is – um, not wanting my daughter to come of age in this thing, you know, with, with, with PCOS, God forbid, she inherits those PCOS genes and they express themselves. Um, I don't want her to, to have, you know, experience the confusion and the darkness that I, I did. And, and I know you feel the same way. I did. And, um, interestingly enough, talking about daughters in PCOS, um, my daughter, Hannah, who is now 17, also has PCOS. Um, so for those of you who don't know, and it, it's not a horrible thing, um, there is a 50% chance that um, if you have PCOS that you could pass it on to your daughter, which I did, and it's nothing to feel guilty about or to feel bad about um, because the one thing that I have on my side is the fact that I went through it and I know what needs to be done. So she has that support system. And as a result, she's been extremely vocal about the condition. Um, she advocates herself. Um, about a year and a half ago, she actually went with me to one of the advocacy days in Washington, D.C. And uh, at 16 years old, this kid addressed Congress and health staffers and was able to tell her story um, because she had that support. She had that security. And that's something that I think all of us desire and need and, and, and should, should strive to do as a community, to unite and support and 
make sure that no one feels like they're in that dark room and they can't get out. Yeah, and your, your daughter is very impressive. I had the opportunity to meet her in April at Advocacy Day, and um, so awesome to see, you know, such a young person um, being so brave and, and sharing her story, and, um, you know, it's, she owes that to her mom, I think, for, for inspiring her. Um, so I, let's talk about advocacy and ways, you know, if you're listening and you feel like, you know, you need to share your story and make a difference. Um, you know, how can how can you get involved? There are so many ways to get involved. Um, the first thing that I always tell people is very simply share your story, and it doesn't mean that you have to post it all over social media. It can start small, friends, family. Um, co-workers, someone that you feel comfortable with, the more, again, you talk about it and you explain to them what you're going through, um, the easier it's going to be for them to understand what it is, what PCOS means, and how it impacts your life. Um, I think one of the biggest issues is a lot of us feel if we start describing these symptoms, which a lot of us um, attribute to being less than feminine, that people are going to start judging us. But I found the opposite. The more that I talk about it and people understand what I'm going through, the more accepting they have been of the issues that I have and um, trying to help and trying to help spread awareness. So we, we have to give ourselves a little more credit and give the people in our lives a little more credit that when we give them the opportunity to understand that they will be there to support us. Um, get involved on social media. There are so many outlets. There are groups. There are advocates. Um, there are websites like Amy's amazing website that has a wealth of information, resources, tools. Um, th there are all of these people out there that are taking time to, to talk about this, to, to offer people information and help. So um, utilize those resources. Just make sure they're the right resources. Again, I'm not a big fan of going on and Googling a condition and, oh, that's it. And this, You have to find the right resources, the people that know what they're talking about. Um, and when you do, you'll, you'll start to find that, things are going to fall into place and you're getting the proper information, which means you're getting the proper health care. Um, there are also numerous campaigns that go on throughout the year. Uh, September is the biggest month because, of course, it's PCOS Awareness Month. Um, so you need to look on social media or on the websites for organizations um, that are doing the work for PCOS, and, and there, there are quite a few of them. Um, I'm heavily involved with PCOS Challenge, but there are a ton of organizations and a ton of ways to get involved. Um, this September, we have one thing coming up. Uh, it's the first time that we're doing it, and I'm very excited about it, World PCOS Day, um, which is really going to unite our sisters and patients around the world that have polycystic ovary syndrome. Um, it's going to include people putting pictures up on 
Facebook with flags from different countries, people sharing videos. And how do you do that? Well, first of all, tell us what day it is and how do you, if you want to put a, a flag up, which I did on my, um, my, social, my Facebook profile, how do you do that? Okay. So it's just a Facebook campaign right now, um, but you would go to Facebook and we are getting ready for World PCOS Day, which is September 1st of this year. And um, you would go to your profile and go to your profile picture and you will uh, click on your profile picture. And when you do, it gives you an option to add a frame. So you go to add frame and at the top there is a search bar. And in the search bar, you put in World PCOS Day and your country, like in the USA, you would put in America and it will come up with uh, the overlay with the flag for your country. And then all you do is add it to your profile picture and um, you are representing PCOS in your country. Um, and a couple other things that are going to be going on are we are going to have buildings around the world lighting up uh, for PCOS. And I apologize, my dog in the background there. Um, we are going it's to have teal, lighting color teal for PCOS. Lighting the color teal. We have buildings um, and bridges and landmarks around the world that are going to be lighting up for PCOS awareness. Um, we are uh, going to be doing a bunch of other uh, numerous events that we're going to be listing on our Facebook pages, um, on Twitter, on Instagram. Um, so I ask people to continue to look into these uh, different social media outlets under PCOS Challenge to see the events that we are going to be uh, doing for that period of time. Um, also, we're going to have a PCOS Awareness Weekend, which is September 22nd and 23rd, which is going to be held in Orlando this year. This event, to me, is so pivotal um, because it's an opportunity not only for women to network with each other, but to get educated about PCOS from leading experts. So on September 22nd at the Orlando Museum of Art, we are going to have a one-day symposium. Uh, which is going to uh, have leading experts talking about different um, different topics of PCOS. We're going to have a panel that's going to discuss advocacy and ways to get involved in the community. Um, we are also going to have um, events in the evening where everyone can network with one another. And then on Sunday, September 23rd, we are going to be having a PCOS 5K walk and run. Now, the thing that I love the most about this event is not only is it our biggest fundraiser of the year, and I'll explain why that's important in a minute, um, you don't have to be in just Orlando to do it. It can be done virtually, so people can run, walk anywhere in the world. Uh, you can have friends, family, co-workers. You can even do it by yourself on a treadmill. The point is just to get involved, um, to make a difference any little way that you can. Um, so there are a bunch of teams that you can join or you can create your own team. Um, and it, it's just a great way for the community to come together in one day. Now, um, I was talking a little bit about the fundraising. And um, it's important 
because organizations like PCOS Challenge, although a lot of us can't see it, can't see behind the scenes, there, there's a lot that goes into creating these events. World PCOS Day, PCOS Awareness Weekend, um, the PCOS Advocacy Day, where uh, you know, we, we actually went to Washington, D.C. Amy, you were there with us, as you said. Uh, we were able to talk to legislators in the Senate, in the Congress, to, to let them know that PCOS is a public health issue. It, it is a priority. It needs to be a priority. Um, we have a magazine that comes out a couple times during the year. Um, all of these things are to help women. We also we have grants. Amy does a PCOS Diva grant, um, you know, th to help people cover the cost of things that insurance doesn't cover. All of this takes time and takes money. So we need people who volunteer and who get involved. Yeah, and, and I just um, wanted to kind of give a shout out to PCOS Challenge for what they're doing for a, a diva um, who wrote to me and told me that she's just been denied insurance coverage because PCOS is a, was her pre-existing condition. And so um, who could I, you know, turn to to help me help this diva but PCOS Challenge and um, the folks there are, are, you know, working with this woman to, you know, see what they can do legally um, to help, you know, with, you know, getting the insurance that she needs. And um, P PCOS shouldn't be, a, 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 you know, an existing condition that you're denied health coverage. So, you know, not only is it um, awareness, um, efforts and advocacy efforts and education, but also helping women. Um, you know, we need somebody we can turn to in in our time of need like that. Absolutely, and you know, it it's funny because it, it's not just insurance. Um, probably about ten years ago, um, there was a woman that reached out to me. Um, she was up for a position as a diplomat and um, went through the entire process and, you know, was ready to go. And at the last minute, um, she was denied because she had polycystic ovary syndrome. And they said that where they would send her, uh, that they couldn't give her the proper care, um, which is not true. She had a doctor that she was seeing regularly. She had her medications. Um, she wasn't taking insulin or, or had anything that needed to be managed closely. Um, so we got involved in a campaign with legislators and with um, doctors and wrote letters and wrote more letters. And um, bottom line, she got the position eventually, but the fact is people are being denied insurance, people are being de denied work um, because they don't understand the condition. And again, unless we all get involved, unless we all unite, unless we all talk about it, that's going to continue to happen.
Yeah, and, and I just, um, you know, sometimes it can feel overwhelming. Um, you know, we're, we're all dealing with our own health, you know, uh, trying to manage our PCOS and, and the thought of, um, you know, going to D.C. And, and, and the cost of going to Washington or going to Orlando. Um, it can feel overwhelming. But I think I, what I want to do is just encourage you to do what you can from where you're at. And, um, you know, writing a letter to your congressperson, um, and PCOS Challenge has templates for that on their website, uh, donating $5, you know, the cost of what would cost you for, a, you know, a grande latte at, at Starbucks, um, and donate that to, uh, you know, the PCOS Strong Team, which, which Ashley and I are involved in at um, for the walk on, on PCOS Challenge or, uh, you know, t organizing a walk in your own community or just putting the, the overlay on your Facebook page for the month of um, September. You know, chances are somebody that you know um, uh, has PCOS and, and doesn't even know it. I know that it used to be 1 in 10 women have PCOS, and now that number, you know, I keep seeing increase to 1 in 5. Um, maybe you can speak to that, Ashley, because I know you're, you've been, like, looking at a lot of those statistics. Yeah, they, they're, the statistics right now that they feel pretty secure with are 1 in 5 women worldwide with PCOS. But um, I've recently been speaking to some doctors, and you can actually even see this on my uh, Twitter feed, um, that are estimating that it can be as high as one in three women right now. That's, that is significant. Um, you know, it, it's a growing epidemic. And, again, we've got to get a handle on that. And it starts with with each of us saying, "This isn't this isn't it's right. This isn't, this isn't happening anymore. I'm not standing up for this." Um, part of the healing process is investing in healing, and that means investing part of your time again to ensure that the right resources are out there, so we get the proper care. Yeah. And, um, you know, you were even talking about things you can do online. You know, something as simple as even reposting some of the posts that you see that come out from organizations or experts or advocates can go a long way. Just for the, you know, you, you don't have to necessarily tell your own story, but you can share other people's stories, and that sometimes can make a huge difference. Yeah, and I can speak to experience. When you are dealing with a condition where you feel like you've lost so much control over your life and you've lost power <laughs> over your body, um, for me, going to that day in Washington, D.C., and yes, it was, it was a commitment in time and money to get myself there um, and put myself out there, but meeting with these these health legislators that are, you know, driving health policy, it, I came home just on a high. I was so empowered to have been able to share my story, to tell people that, you know, the National Institutes of Health, like their um, funding for PCOS, it's, what is it, Ashley, it's like point, is it 0.1%? Yeah, the, the NIH 
has designated 0.1% of funding towards research, education, and outreach for PCOS. That is atrocious. Yeah, and when I was educating these legislators that one in five women have it, and 0.1% of the health funding, you know, they were blown away. And it's up to us to, to spread that news so that we can, you know, get more funding um, from, you know, from the government for, uh, for PCOS. And, and, you know, even just to declare PCOS as a, um, you know, national health awareness campaign as the month of September, that, that's kind of what we're pushing for right now. And, um, writing letters and, and signing the petitions that Ashley puts out on social media. It doesn't take much to sign a petition, but no, no, yeah, we, we really need your help, and I promise you, you'll feel more empowered um, after doing something. You know that that's a great point and one that I missed, and it, it it's pretty amazing and pretty significant. Um, the petition that we started, uh, we're trying to get it to fifty thousand signatures by the end of September. Uh, right now, we are at 27,000 signatures. That is 27,000 people who have signed a petition in support of more funding, basically telling the NIH, it's time. We need this funding. We need the research. We need the resources. Um, anybody who wants to really get an idea about what PCOS is and how profoundly it affects people, Go to the petition, read the comments of these women who are so desperate for someone to listen to them and to do something. I, I promise you, you will need a tissue box when you do because I, I, I read it daily and I am astounded um, by the outcry um, that I see and that I hear on a daily basis. Um, so if anybody wants to go and sign the petition or read it, it is simply PCOSstrong.com. We'll link you right to the petition. You can sign it. You can read it and um, really get a sense of what this is all about and why we need to do what we're doing. All right. So, um, Ashley, why don't, why don't we sort of wrap this up with some call to actions? If somebody wants to do something, you know, after listening to our podcast, where can they start? Give us some call to actions. Call to action. Go on social media. Look at PCOS Challenge. Um, they have a listing of events. Uh, you can go to any of my feeds on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, which is just simply P-C-O-S-G-U-R-L, PCOS Girl. Um, and what we're asking are for people to get involved in World PCOS Day. Just simply um, click on your profile picture and upload a flag for your country uh, supporting PCOS. Uh, throughout the month of September, PCOS Awareness Month, wear teal. Put up posts on Facebook about this is PCOS Awareness Month. Um, get together with friends and family and walk and run for the PCOS 5K, which is September 23rd. Register to get educated about PCOS for the symposium, which is September 22nd. Um, you will see, again, numerous posts coming up online through the websites and through social media that will direct you on all of the events and all of the ways that you can 
get involved throughout the month. Awesome. And Ashley and I will be there at the PCS Symposium and walk. So if you're there, please, please come over and introduce yourself and say hello um, and, and let us know that you, you know, you listen to the podcast. Um, love to, to give you a big hug. <laughs> um, and Ashley, I, I just want to thank you so much for making, I've been wanting to have you as a guest for, for the longest time, and I'm so glad we connected. And I just want to thank you for the work, the important work that you do for all of us. Thank you so much, Amy, and um, big hugs and big thanks right back to you because your voice is um, is only outshined by how big your heart is and uh, your love for this community and for all of us is just amazing, and I thank you, and I am blessed that you are a part of my life and the lives of all these women because you really do make a difference every single day. So thank you. Oh gosh, now you're going to make me cry. <laughs> it was, thank you. It was beautiful. And, and really ladies, just um, do something. I, I, I tell you that you will really feel empowered and you'll feel like a diva after you, after you do. And um, I, Look forward to, to hopefully seeing you at, at one of the conference events. And I look forward to being with you again soon on another podcast. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today. I hope that you enjoyed this podcast and learned a little something that can help you along in your journey. For more information about PCOS and PCOS Diva products and programs, visit PCOSDiva.com. This podcast was sponsored by my new book, Healing PCOS. It's my proven 21-day diet and lifestyle plan to help women with PCOS take back control of their health and resolve their symptoms. Healing PCOS offers you daily, small, manageable steps that help alleviate symptoms and control the inflammation, hormonal imbalance, and insulin resistance that underlie PCOS. The 21-day plan consists of a 21-day anti-inflammatory hormone balancing meal plan, including meal prep and plan-ahead tips to make eating like a PCOS diva sustainable, 85 delicious recipes, daily lessons, and self-care exercises. I have helped tens of thousands of women with PCOS take back control over their health and their lives through lasting healing and sustainable lifestyle change. So whether you're newly diagnosed or have struggled a lifetime with PCOS, this book is for you. Find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or anywhere books are sold.